Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Calon FM. With me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. This week, we're on our holidays, so we've put together a compilation show for you. We'll be featuring reviews and discoveries from the past 18 months, and we hope you enjoy listening to these snippets. This week, we're reviewing one of Heather's Christmas presents. (laughs) It's a book called How to Argue with a Cat, A Human's Guide to the Art of Persuasion. It's uh, by rhetoric expert Jay Heinrichs, and he's teamed up with illustrator Natalie Sutton to show how cats can teach us the ancient art of persuasion. It's described as being funny and informative and suitable for both young and adult readers who will learn how to apply cats' rhetoric to get whatever they want. Hmm. So we're we're both cat owners, and so I'm I'm guessing this is why uh, the book was bought for you as a Christmas present. And uh, it appeals to me because I love the graphics on there. So I went to to have a look at um, all the marketing around it. And to me, I thought when I was going to see this book that you brought in, that it was going to be a picture book. There's a lovely advert for it on YouTube. The book Cats Are Trying to Ban. And I think it showcases the artwork, but not so much the content. But I liked it. So I went on to have a look at the website persuasivecat.com. And it starts off with a headline. If you can persuade a cat, you can persuade anyone. They reckon that cats rank among the, among the world's top negotiators. They get humans to do what they want when they want. That's so true. As an owner of two cats, they've got me completely wrapped around their little paws. So if you can learn to persuade a cat to do what you want, then any human, colleague, friend, boss, partner, or even your most cantankerous relative, it said, would bow to your magic. So I wasn't quite sure what to expect with the book, There is an excerpt on the website. In fact, there's three excerpts on the on the website. And I thought they were funny, but I was left thinking, is is that it? It seemed a little bit um, vacuous, almost as if, you know, let's laugh about what cats can do. But the excerpt didn't take me any further to go, Okay, how can we apply that in our lives? I can see the funny side of it, but how, how does it work, particularly from a, a persuasion point of view? So when I got here in the studio today, I had a look at the book that Heather brought in and it wasn't at all what I expected. I'm pleased to say there were a lot more words in it, although the artwork is fantastic and I love the artwork on the website and, and in the adverts. I, I was pleased to see that the there did seem to be more content to the book. So, Heather, what did you think of the book? Is there more substance to it than the marketing led me to believe? There is. And I think it's it's just another one of those books in the series of, you know, Eat That Frog and Who Moved My Cheese. It's about making um, the psychology of human life a little bit easier to understand without getting too highbrow and too complex. It's funny, it has, you know, it is funny, but it does have a serious point. And um, I'm a cat lover. I'm a communicator. And I help people to persuade and influence other people. So it was a perfect present So it was the perfect present. Yes, uh, no pun intended there, Tracy. I'm what sure. You did there. Yeah. The, cart- the, the illustrations are fantastic, but there is, as I say, a serious point. And essentially... What, what the book covers, the headings that he, he uses, they, they work you through um, 
things like uh, practice agreeability, pounce like a predator, diffuse anger, we all need that, uh, fit in with the clan, earn loyalty, argue logically, avoid manipulation, talk with your body, make them heed, and then he t gives you a checklist of the things that you should do. So I've just picked up a couple of them. There are lovely quotes or statements at the beginning of each uh, chapter. And uh, the first one, when in doubt, keep a straight face because a cat's expression never changes. So don't allow your face to give away what you're thinking. You know, focus on what you're trying to achieve, what you, the outcome that you're looking for, how you're going to persuade, which I think is absolute sound advice. But then he, he says, um, fit in with the clan. If in a conversation with a cat or a human, try purring. Put yourself in a pleasing, ingratiating mood. Change your mood and you can improve the mood of others. So actually, uh, put yourself in, in a positive mindset because if you're going to try and get somebody to do something... You don't want to be looking prickly. You don't want to be looking confrontational. You want to be looking, if you want, he uses an example, if you want to get your mum to do something um, you, or you want, you know, you want to persuade her that it's okay for you to stay out late, you you don't go up to her and say, oh, mum, have you had your hair done? Because then she'll say, what are you after? <laughs> but you just put yourself in the frame of mind where you think about all the amazing things that your mother's done for you, why she's a great mother, so that you are in a much better, you have a much better demeanour and you're in a better disposition when you start to have the conversation about, would it be possible for me to stay out a bit later on Saturday night or whatever? So he uses this sort of, what would a cat do? Okay, what does that mean in real life? Another one that he that he uses, um, and we all know this, make them heed the lure and the ramp. Now that you've learned the basics of rhetoric, it's time to get a person or a cat to do your bidding. So how can you get power over a cat? Here's the secret. Make the cat think she has the power. <laughs> and he uses um, a food example where um, if your cat's not eating wet food and you want it to eat uh, not eating dry food, it's always wanting the wet food. Get two different flavours of dry food, put it down, and it will choose whichever one is the better. So it's eating the dry food. And it reminded me of an occasion where my sister-in-law, when she wanted my niece to wear certain clothes, she would put out the outfit that she wanted my niece to wear. And then, because my niece never wore dresses, she'd put out a dress. <laughs> and she'd say, you can choose what you'd like to wear. And she would always choose the outfit that her mother wanted her to wear. So it's a similar rule. Make the, per, make the cat or the, the other person think they have the power. And then he has the, the checklist. And of course, with anything in life, it's about thinking what your goal is. What are you actually trying to achieve? Because if you lose attachment with that, then you're never going to persuade anything anybody to do anything. So that's kind of how, how he works it. And as I say, it's funny, but it has got a lot of sound advice on how would you treat that person? How would they like to be treated? What are you trying to achieve? What do you respond to? What do you not respond to? Is shouting at the cat going to make any difference? No, it's not. <laughs> no, that's true. Because it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I love it. I think it's good. I think it's good. good. Well, I did a bit of research into the author, Jay Heinrichs. So this isn't his first book. And 
his book called Thank You for Arguing mm. has sold 300,000 copies. But I think more importantly, it's one of the top 10 most assigned books at Harvard University. And he's um, a persuasion and content consultant for major corporations. And he says he's mostly proud of his ability to be liked by cats. But to be fair with that, I think he's delusional with that one. (laughs) Cats don't like you. They're obviously just using their skills to make you think they like you. So I also thought, okay, so I think I know what rhetoric is. But when it came down to it, I couldn't describe it without going and, and doing a little search in the dictionary. So I came across two different definitions of rhetoric. One which I think Jay Heinrichs would probably adopt and one which perhaps he wouldn't. So the more positive one is that rhetoric is the art of effective or persuasive speaking or writing, especially the exploitation of figures of speech and other conversational techniques. Known as trope. Trope. Well, that's another word for me. I've got other cinnamon. 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 I can't say it. Synonyms. Synonyms. Thank you. Oratory, eloquence, power of speech, command of language. Not so great today. Expression, way with words. But the slightly more negative definition was language designed to have a persuasive or impressive effect, but which is often regarded as lacking in sincerity or meaningful content and the synonyms here are bombast loftiness grand grandilo grandiloquence oh gosh i really needed to have practiced these magniloquence ornateness portentousness pomposity boastfulness (laughs) boasting bragging and heroics so i think i'd know which one i would choose if i was an expert of rhetoric i go for the art of persuasive speaking Have you read his first book? No, I haven't. But I, but I hadn't I hadn't heard of this book at all. Uh, my husband bought it for me. But I will be looking at Thank You for Arguing because, again, if you're persuading somebody to do something, the last thing you want to do is is get into an argument. However, it may be that that would be a strategy. So I'm going to read that book. <laughs> Excellent. So we'll we'll put a link for the book on our website, which is the business community. It may well be that you're using an app to listen to this show, whether it's in the radio format or in the edited podcast format. I don't know. There are so, so many apps out there. And Heather pointed me towards a really useful article which was on the Apple website. Actually, it's not on the website. You can only access this article through through the App Store. Store. (laughs) So I went to the website to look for it and then it said, you can only read this through your App Store. Okay, it was the top apps of 2018. I know we're in 2019 now, but this is the full review of the year from Apple, which is one of the biggest providers of apps other companies do provide apps and the Google Play Store and probably there's more as well. But as both me and Heather have got iPhones um, and this was the article that we read, that's the one we're sticking with. I'm fairly certain that if the trends are there for Apple, they're probably going to be fairly similar for the other app providers. So it started off with um, a list of the top apps that were free and the top apps that were paid in 2018. Some of them seemed really familiar and some of them I had to go and uh, click on the link and go and find out a little bit more about them. And so I suppose I'll start with the free apps. Shall I whisk down the list, Heather? Yes, please do. Okay, so top of the list was WhatsApp. 
Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, Messenger, Facebook, Spotify, Moj- Spotify Music, Bitmoji, Google Maps, Netflix, Wish, Gmail, Amazon, TikTok, eBay, ITV Hub, Twitter, Uber, Microsoft Outlook and BBC iPlayer. Now, I have to admit to having to go and search and find out what Bitmoji was. Yes, I don't know. That is how you can make your own personal emoji. Really? Yes, I've downloaded the app. I'm going to make my own emoji. So I quite like that one. It's free. (laughs) Wish. I never heard of this. This is the largest mobile shopping app in the world. And it's um, apparently you can get discounts and there's easy refunds and you can choose your delivery methods. Don't know how it works. I haven't downloaded it, but I think it's something that maybe I need to go and have a look at. TikTok. TikTok, not heard about this, but this is is something that maybe we're going to become more aware of this year. It's an app for short form mobile video and everything else I'd pretty much heard of before. Used most of them as well. But these classic social media apps were right there at the top. Slightly different when you go into the paid list. So at the top of the paid list were the, the driving test apps, driving theory, and something called Kira Kira Plus, which apparently adds effects to your camera lens, such as a cross filter. And it can put like little sparkly bits and shine on, on your okay. camera when you're taking photos. The Wonder Weeks, which is about having a baby. Facetune is a selfie editor. Plant Snap, I like this one, a plant identification app cracking forest so this is a really interesting one this is gamifying time away from your phone so if you want to temporarily put your phone down and focus on real life then what you do is you plant a seed in forest and as time goes by your seed gradually grows into a tree however if you can't resist the temptation to use your phone and leave the app your tree withers Oh my goodness, it's, it's, like a, it's like a Tamagotchi. Yeah, it's harsh. Um, <laughs> then there's this um, app that my son's got, the um, the free version, My Talking Pet. You take a picture of your cat, you record your voice and you get its mouth to move, <laughs> speaking your voice. <laughs> I, I can feel myself wasting hours of my life <laughs> this evening. The, here's an interesting one. Again, with the, this rise of video and instant video, is an app called One Second Every Day. And essentially the, the aim is that you, you literally record one second of your life every day and eventually turn it into a movie where it puts all of those one seconds together. We have the seven minute workout challenge. Um, no, no prizes for guessing what that is. Dark sky weather. So that's for people who are presumably wanting to go and look at the stars. Ski tracks, which are presumably something to do with weather, to do with skiing as well. Afterlight 2, which is a photo editor. Cam to Plan Pro, which is floor plan and, and length app. Auto sleep tracker. Squeezy NHS pelvic floor app. Okay. <clears throat> photo scanner plus. Full fitness exercise workout and shape up with Gabby Allen. So that's the top paid apps, not not just for one particular period, for the um, like one month for the whole of 2018. What did you think, Heather? Have you got most of those apps? Have you got the pelvic floor squeezy squeezy? I, I haven't, but as I say, I will be reviewing the list that you've run through. And um, I decided to um, to look at the best business apps of 2018. Okay. <laughs> but later Just on, you'll you'll get caught up with the my to- pet talking. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. And and of course, some of those apps 
translate and transfer into into business requirements anyway if you're making videos for your business or whatever um so the first one um bizarrely was mentioned to me oh, again over the christmas period we were with some friends and um ben uh hello ben if you're listening uh, ben mentioned something called slack which is a business communication and channel. collaboration tool exactly yes. um which a base which basically is a bit like whatsapp for business but it's a sort of file sharing hangout yeah. type thing and he was explaining it to me and and you know how good it was and I thought I've never heard of this I need to research it and then lo and behold it appears on this list I have registered for it and essentially you um you invite people and instead of people emailing and say it, it's all there in one central place it's like um yeah, it's 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 like a a shared directory, like a shared a conversation chat room with storage space. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. So that looked really good. Then there was one called Timely, which uh, allows you to track and log billable hours. So if it's you, useful for freelancers, yeah, yeah, if you're a freelancer, um, OmniPlan, uh, visualize, simplify, and maintain your products, your projects at a glance. So again, if you've got people working on a particular project, you can um, you can uh, record it here and, and work on it and, and streamline it uh, invoice to go which is something that I really do need to look at where you can essentially you know if you go into to see a client and you come out you can raise the invoice there and then in the car and it will go via email messenger whatsapp um, whatever and then finally something called wave which is um accounting software um, for people who are low on budget but want to manage their company accounts um, as long as you haven't got lots and lots of employees uh, the software can look after your expenses invoicing um, receipts uh, and you can even link it to your bank account and paypal or whatever so they all look like really good business apps um, that are worth uh, researching. I've downloaded each of those um, and we'll spend a little bit of time playing around with them. So if I come across something amazing, I'll rave about it um, in the weeks to come. So I also looked up um, what the app trend of the year was Ooh. and apparently self-care. Okay. So there's um, if, if you're in the business of either needing self-care there's an app for you or if you're in the business of providing self-care services then being aware of what apps are out there is, is probably quite important to you and the app of the year as nominated by apple in this list was co something called procreate pocket and initially i, I was intrigued it's mm. like procreate mm. like have babies mm -hmm. but apparently no it's um it's an app that allows artists of all levels to paint, draw and sketch using your iPhone and with features that previously were only available on iPad and Mac. So there's super high resolution do uh, Zoom, not Doom. Doom. That's a different yeah, game altogether. Thing, yeah. Yeah. And there's a 135 preset textured brushes in various painting styles. It sounds like a lot of bang for your buck. It's an app for four ninety nine. And essentially, you can do a lot of photo editing on your phone. Personally, it's way too small for me to yes. do photo editing. But if you're that way inclined, you've got a good eyesight and you're quite dexterous, then maybe have a look at Procreate Pocket. And one of the questions it raised for me is, like, yeah, it's OK saying that we've got the business apps and you've got the not businessy apps. Actually, I think all businesses should be aware of the app trends. 
And I'm not saying you should get yourself an app, but maybe you should be aware of what's going on because there's that sense of adapt or die. Mm -hmm. You know, it might not be that you want to use apps to market at the moment, but being aware that a lot of companies are using even WhatsApp for, for customer service channels and things like that. You know, if you're in business, just knowing what, what's popular and what's going on in the world, it's just as important in this virtual world of apps as it is, you know, outside in the real world. So just keeping, not necessarily having to use them. You don't have to waste all your time doing my talking pet, that, unless you want to, of course, obviously. But, you know, keep keep an eye on what's going on because there's some big changes going to happen. And we'll, we'll perhaps discuss these in, in the coming weeks. You're listening to the business community on Kalana FM. Now it's time to review a book. And this week it was sent to me by a former guest on the Talking Business Show. So from a few years ago, a gentleman called Martin Murphy. He's um, written a book called Mercenaries to Missionaries, which might sound a little unusual until I tell you that he has got a background of special forces experience and as a former Special Forces soldier and international security consultant, he's got some good stories to tell. Hasn't he just? He really has. And um, the book is about leadership. And what he does is he brings in a whole range of leadership theories and his own thoughts. And he puts his stories, his unusual, they are unusual life experiences, unless you've been in Special Forces yourself. The chances are you won't have had a similar life experience. And he uses these stories to add another dimension to those theories and opinions about leadership. And it, it just gives a memorable perspective. And my very quick review of it, if I was going to say it in three words, it's kept me engaged. Mm, yes. <laughs> because the stories... A lot of this theory I've heard of before and you know, read in another textbook or heard somebody do a talk about. Martin pulls it together. He puts his own thoughts on it. But it really is these fascinating ways that he brings the theory to life by these experiences in, in special forces. It comes across as an incredibly authentic book. He's written it with himself fully in that book. And I'd say it's a good mix of theory and practical advice. So he doesn't just do stories and theories. He actually does give some pointers in there as well. I have one negative to say about it, and it makes me feel better that I'm agreeing with the person who wrote the foreword, John Davidge, who says that, that that it's three books in one. I, I feel the same way. It could easily be stripped out into three. I found, I found it too much. Everything that was in it was really interesting and really valuable, but yes, I would have preferred it in three bite-sized chunks. Um, but that probably says more about my attention span <laughs> than it does about the uh, the quality of the of the the book. But um, on a positive note, though, I, if if uh, Martin did do that and split it into smaller sections and sold them as a series, I wouldn't have felt shortchanged with just one third of that book. Mm -hmm. I think the the idea of had, adding in his stories and experiences with the theory is a brilliant one. Yes. And and I would have been quite happy to have bought it three times for three different um takes on leadership theory. Yeah, I mean it's I think it's the stories that that really bring it to life and and you know and they are varied and 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 have actually made me consider reading a book 
just about somebody who's been in the special forces, never mind the the leadership um, angle, because it just sounds amazing. And I don't think there are any other examples where the two have been joined together. Um, and if they have, not it's not, passed us by. It's ju- yeah. Yes, it's it's just it just works. It just works. Um, what what he does is he talks us through. He he likes his acronyms. So um, yeah, lots of you know core conditions for success. Um, develop a hero mindset. Um, who's got the power? The mission power model. So. There are lots of you could take each of the chapters and, and work on them just as a sort of standalone, really, even though they all, all join together um, through a common thread. Um, there's one little story that he starts to talk about different paradigm shifts and uh, he works his way through all of them. And I won't um, I won't spoil um, spoil it for you. But there's there's uh, there are a couple of things. One um, transformational shift. If we look at Marks and Spencer today, we see its clothing sales have repeatedly collapsed and threatened the whole ship over the decades. The clothing label has experienced many short lived recoveries only to come to the brink of collapse again. Marks and Spencer's you know, food business for them has grown and grown. Many businesses which have been around for 100 years or more have had to completely transform what they're doing. Think about 3M. It started off in mining. The founder of Avon Cosmetics sold books originally, but they evolved, becoming masters of paradigm shifting. And I think that, you know, that that just reminds us that, you know, you can't stand still. But I must, can I just tell you the story about the baboon? Um <laughs> Because, yeah, I don't read many stories about baboons. This is about letting go. There's a tribe of bushmen in the Kalahari Desert who have a novel approach to finding water. They first dig a small hole in a termite mound in front of a troop of watchful baboons. Then they push some seeds into the hole, walk away and wait. Local baboons, being inquisitive animals, cannot help but go over to the hole to discover what's in there. A baboon will insert its hand through the small opening and grasp hold of the seeds. The only problem now for for the baboon is that its fist is too large to exit the hole. So they capture the baboon and they feed it salt so it gets really thirsty and then it runs off to find the nearest water supply. And that means that they follow him and have tracked down the nearest water (laughs) supply. You see, those sort of stories are brilliant. And I didn't pick out anything that's quite as... um, vivid as that for for the sections I chose. Uh, First of all, I chose a whole chapter. One of the chapters I really liked um, was the chapter six, the three core skills. Not saying I didn't like the other chapters, Mm -hmm. but that one was was really really on point for where I am at the moment. Um, And the three core skills are making great decisions, being creatively brilliant and collaborating powerfully. And I thought it was beautifully written. It, It just talked through some theory and then it talked through practical advice and it was a really neat little chapter but a couple of things I pulled out um, um, business owners often act like a founder entrepreneur or manager when they need to behave like a leader they require the skills that enable them to leverage the potential of a team of people to achieve a common purpose but becoming an effective and inspirational leader requires the learning of some fundamental and powerful leadership principles and he talks about the the fact that you know an entrepreneur starts off as a mercenary but has to develop into, into this leadership role mm-hmm. over time otherwise their business um, won't won't thrive and i think 
that that's been obvious in, in businesses uh, through time, hasn't mm. it? If you can't actually evolve your management style and lead or or employ somebody who does that for you, then ultimately you're just going to keep on repeating the entrepreneurial um, style and, and won't ever grow. And he also mentions that whole thing that as an entrepreneur, you often start off on your own and then you might get somebody to help you and you get to a, a team of 10 and that's a real game changer then the business is very different because you can't be doing all the doing you've got a team of 10 and it's that it's the whole letting go recognizing the strengths of others and becoming that that missionary who's trying to um improve people and improve make the world a better place i guess so in um in summary we recommend this book yes However, you've got a caveat on that because we read the Kindle version. What would you recommend, Heather? I, yeah, it's again. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's me. I'd rather have the hard copy. Now I can't. You know, there's a limit to how many books I can get on my bookcase. It's getting out of hand now. So the Kindle version. I wanted to mark all sorts of things. I've ended up lifting. There are loads of quotes in the book, for example. I've ended up lifting some of those quotes and printing them out um, so that I've I've got them because I want the hard copy. Now, I don't think you get a better recommendation than that. If Heather wants the hard copy, it means she likes your book because she wants to underline it. She wants to put post-it notes in it and she wants to carry it around with her as a resource. Nobody likes making mistakes, but it's an inevitable part of life. And this week's review uh, is the book Black Box Thinking, written by a guy called Matthew Side. Um, To summarise the book, it, it says that it reveals that all paths to success lead through failure and what you can do to change your perspective on it, admit your mistakes, and build your own black box to consistently learn and improve from the feedback failure gives you. And we, you know, we hear the phrase a lot, we learn from our mistakes, and that's basically the essence of this book. Now, I have a copy of this book. I have not read it in its entirety, and there's a reason for that. I'm not an author, but when I open the pages of a book, just the way that the book is laid out needs to appeal to me, needs to draw me in in some way. I feel like there has to be quite a bit of white space on a page to draw me in with a a book like that. If it's a a book of fiction, I I don't mind a a page full of text, but a um, a book, a a non-fiction book, sort of a bit more space around it, I think. And And this book is, it is text from, it's got a very short margin at the top and a very short margin at the bottom. And then it's, it's really just loads of words <laughs> in quite a small font. So I wasn't drawn in. So I was, as ever, once again, grateful for four minute books <laughs> because, because. This it, was a gift, this book, wasn't yeah, it? it was, yeah. it's, it's, it's a dream come true for me. I just wish that I'd thought of it. Um, but, but. But the book, in essence, talks about learning from your own mistakes and also learning from the mistakes of others. And I think that's key because uh, he says you can't live long enough to make all the mistakes yourself. So I think that that is, is a huge lesson. And, and was it Edison who in, invented the light bulb? The light bulb, yeah. Yeah, and wasn't he uh, quoted as saying, I failed 50 times and now... I think it was a few more than 50. Or whatever, yeah. 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 And somebody said, why don't you give up? And he said, well, now I just know of 50 ways or whatever it yeah. is to not, not do it, yeah. make a light bulb. And and that is very true. So, um, so the book itself says um, that, you know, we hate admitting mistakes. Um, we, we don't like to 
make them and we don't like to admit them. Uh, but if we could actually think of it in a more positive way, it would be really helpful. He talks about how many times Unilever um, had to develop spray nozzles before they came up with the best one. Uh, he talks about um, an industry that costs 40,000 people their lives each year because they can't admit their mistakes. So he does, he does take this to sort of, you know, slightly political um, ends. But I th just think it's a really interesting way of thinking. And I think it has got, I think it's got legs. I personally wouldn't want to read the book. I think I'd much rather perhaps watch videos or TED Talks or whatever it is that Matthew Side has done. And I know that's something you've had a look at, Tracy. Yeah, well, I, I knew you'd be looking at four-minute books. Uh, <laughs> I, I allow you that luxury. <laughs> However, I found another website that does book summaries, which is very good. I have used it before. It's uh, Samuel Thomas Davis's website. Uh, the website is samuelthomasdavis.com. And um, he describes the book in three sentences. So, um, one, success can only happen when we confront our mistakes. Two, more people die from mistakes made by doctors and hospitals than from traffic accidents. And three, aviation, on the other hand, has created an astonishingly good safety record because mistakes are learned from rather than concealed. I think he's a little harsh on the doctors and hospitals mm, there. Mm. But uh, I think in the in the broader context, it, it might, might read slightly differently. But yeah, I do like my videos and my talks. And one of the best ones I've found was um, an excerpt from London Business Forum. It's on YouTube. It's only about two minutes long, but you get an idea of, of the guy and you also get an essence of where he's coming from with the book. So, um, What's he like? What sort of guy Well, is he? he's a former international table tennis champion for a start. Okay. Yeah, so hence quite a lot of sports references and the work that he does. And uh, yeah, he was engaging. Um, it looked like the London Business Forum would have been a great event and even better that it's been condensed into two minutes on YouTube. <laughs> but a couple of the things I picked up were where that talent isn't irrelevant, but it isn't enough. So he talks about mm -hmm. practice and practice and practice. And it's about what we do with our talents, not just the fact that you've got an innate talent. You have to actually do something with them. And then he talked about growth mindset as opposed to fixed mindset. Now, this has, has been part of my world for uh, about two years now. So when the new deputy head teacher started at my daughter's school, he introduced to the year sixes this concept of growth mindset and fixed mindset. My daughter was full of it and it, and it really inspired her in her life last year at primary school challenging them to to develop a growth mindset and to keep on trying learning from their errors and and not trying to be perfect um he talks in this video about not being thought of as perfect is threatening to fixed mindset people and the question you you can ask is hand on heart do we have a healthy relationship with failure and and it's worth looking at yourself and, and actually seeing if you do how do you treat failure are you able to redefine it as Edison did and I think actually we, we might find it more difficult than we would at, at first like to admit the other place I like to look to to find out whether a book's going to be for me is the reviews on Amazon and Goodreads and it does get good reviews Heather so it might be worth plowing through it so it gets 4.3 out of five on Goodreads from 332 reviews and 4.7 out of five on Amazon from 458 reviews. However, some of the negative reviews um, were, were along the lines of that you could have said this in a lot fewer words or um, 
you just kept going over the same stuff and a lot of people complained about the detail so he does appear to throw in a lot of case studies a lot of highly detailed case studies and presumably you know he's, he's quite an analytical thinker so that's the way that he works and clearly the people who've enjoyed the book appreciate that level of detail from him I think we're all different, aren't we? I mean, we, we know that. And I think that um, what's always a challenge when you're reviewing these types of books, you know, as you are, you and I are similar in that we've got so many different books and we've read so many different Or read part of so many different of, yeah, books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, yes, exactly. So, so sometimes these theories are not rocket science to us, whereas they may be completely life-changing to somebody else because there's that stuff that you've sort of absorbed through osmosis through your career. So not to do down the book, uh, but um, it's a really interesting way of thinking and I might be inclined to do more on the video type of thing rather than um, actually wade through the book. And I've got no doubt that if he appeared on a, a list of speakers at an event, I would be very interested mm -hmm. in hearing him speak. Mm -hmm. he, he seemed like an excellent speaker. So the, the book is called Black Box Thinking, The Surprising Truth About Success. It's by Matthew Side. And uh, we'll put a link for that on our website, which is thebusiness.community. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. Join us next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.